The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. A couple of weeks ago, Gil asked me if I would um, give a talk today. And I assumed that since it was the Sunday right after Thanksgiving that it would be a small group. <laughs> so I'm uh, surprised and, and happy and thankful that you all came out today. Um, I thought I would talk about Thanksgiving. It's a holiday that used to be celebrated all the way through Sunday. Um, I realized that over the... So I'm going to sound like an old man. <laughs> I remember when. The Christmas season didn't start till December 1st. Uh, I had been married back in the 70s and 80s, and my wife would always have these um, Advent calendars that had little windows that would open like one day at a time from the 1st through the 24th of December. And that didn't go up until December 1st. Now I guess we start doing our Christmas shopping the night of Thanksgiving. So Thanksgiving's been kind of getting uh, encroached upon, so I'd like to push back against that and have uh, this holiday and this period um, extend all the way through today. Uh, we started Thanksgiving here at uh, IMC uh, uh, eight days ago. On the Sunday, the Saturday before Thanksgiving, we the Dharma friends had an event called the Fall Gratitude Gathering. It was a very sweet event. There was about eighteen or twenty people that showed up, and we all shared a meal together. Uh, we talked about what we were grateful for, both before the meal and during the meal. And then after the meal was over, we had a more formal ceremony where we set up a a gratitude altar and everyone that was interested or felt uh, like they wanted to could come forward and sit next either sit or stand next to the altar and say something about what it was that they were grateful for this last year and if they had an object you know some kind of a symbolic object of what they were grateful for they were um encouraged to leave that on the altar to share with other people. So we can't do that today. There's just too many people to have that kind of a gathering, that kind of event. But I I would like to um, give everyone a chance to share what they're grateful for uh, a little bit later. In thinking about this topic, the, the first thing I do is go to the web and look and see what what did Tan Jeff say about it. He's often a often a source of great uh, wisdom and uh, often uh, unusual ideas about things, or looking at things in a way that many of the other Dharma teachers don't. So I did go and look at at what he had to say about it. Um, I also listened to a talk by Charter Rogel that she gave just three days ago at Spirit Rock. And then I also remembered things that I've heard Gil say over the many years that I've been here. Um, I guess in in January it'll be 17 years that I've been with the group. So 
if there's any such thing as a spiritual osmosis, I think it's <laughs> I've picked up <laughs> I've picked up something just just by sheer uh, number of talks that I've listened to. So the first time that I heard Gil talk about gratitude, he described an experience that he had had when he was a Zen student. And he was, it was either at Tassajara or Green Gulch. And he was working in the garden. And he said in Zen they didn't actively cultivate gratitude. That wasn't you know, part of the agenda. You know, it was really just about sitting zazen and just being still and seeing what happened. And he said that what happened when he was just standing in the garden was he was suddenly um, overwhelmed by this um, feeling of uh, thankfulness and a gratitude. And he said it didn't even have an object. It just, it just arose naturally. Um, there was a joy associated with it. And... Uh, it just kind of took him by surprise. It was totally spontaneous. And I enjoyed hearing his story about that, and I also realized I'm not sure that I've ever had that same experience. So um, but that's one possibility that it would just arise you know spontaneously as as we're paying attention to what's going on in our lives. Uh, the second way that I've heard it described was by Sharda, who was on a, uh, a long residential retreat. And her description there was that as we're sitting in this quiet, safe, meditative space, and the mind gets concentrated, and the awareness is open, and the heart is open, then we can start to see all of the ways in which so many things come to us through the kindness of other people. You know, sort of, um, in some ways unsought, in some ways in kind of a miraculous way. Sometimes these, these acts of kindness just, come our way and one of the ways we if we notice them and are open one thing that might happen is both a feeling of gratitude you know an, an emotional response and also a knowing of that a knowing a, a wisdom aspect to the gratitude and so that's something that that um might happen in a more meditative space like this, where the conditions are are such that um, the mind isn't as uh, distracted as it might be at other times. Um, and then the third way is um, through cultivation, and this is this is where I turn to Tan Jeff for uh, uh, direction and advice. Although I have to, I have to remember when I that I did have an experience in my life where there was quite a bit of spont- noticing a lot of spontaneous gratitude, and that was about twelve years ago when I was in Sweden. Um, 
I broke my leg. I was just walking down through the town uh, center, and it was icy, and I slipped, and I heard a crack, and, you know, that was it. I was on the ground. And at first I was kind of um, in denial about it. I didn't want to really believe that my leg broke. And then I thought, okay, well, now I have to ask for help. Here I am in this foreign land. And I thought, what are people going to think about this guy that's on his hands and knees, crawling through the snow, waving and yelling at them? You know, I thought, they'll probably think I'm drunk, right? So, uh, but I decided, well, that's what I have to do. So I did. And these two women came over, and one was from Australia and one was from Ireland. So, you know, they spoke English. And they went and they got help. Um, it just so happened that there was a fire engine stuck in a snowbank about 100 feet away from me. <laughs> so they got the, the firemen came and they, they attended me. And the other person got one of my coworkers from the hotel. And there was a way that once I accepted the fact that my leg was broken and that I needed help, then I was able to turn towards all of the acts of uh, the beneficial uh, help and kindness that was coming in my direction. Uh, you know, the fireman got up, put a blanket under me so I wasn't laying in the snow anymore. Um, they took me to the hospital. One of, my, one of the people in the project came and she made sure all of the that the hospital had all the information. Um, an ambulance took me for an hour and a half to, uh, to Yalivara, which is where they had a hospital that could do the surgery on the leg. And all along the line, there were just people coming forward. I, they rolled me into the hospital in Yalivara, and a nurse came walking over with a cell phone and said, I have your sister on the line. And so I got a chance to tell my sister, well, you know, here's what happened and here's what's going on. Um... There were just, the, for a long period of time, there were just uh, an endless string of those kind of things. The, uh, the nurses knew that I worked for NASA. And two days after I broke my leg is when the Columbia shuttle um, uh, went down over Texas. You know, it burned up. And so they would go onto the Internet every day and they would download all of the stories they could find in English about the Columbia and print them out. And they'd bring a stack of paper to me so that I'd have something to read and to be kind of informed about what was going on um, as I lay there in this bed. When I got back to the United States, uh, one of my coworkers. I, was, I came back on a research airplane to Southern California. One of my research, one of my coworkers, drove a van for six hours from the Bay Area down to Edwards Air Force Base, uh, picked up some equipment, picked me up, and then spent another six hours driving me all the way back home and making sure that I was okay. So that was a particular time when I was at probably in the most helpless state, when it just, it just became so um, apparent to me 
how much kindness was coming in my direction. So I don't wish that any of you break a leg or anything else, but um, you might find that there are others, that there may be times in your life when um, when there's a particularly large number of kind acts being um, directed your way, and that's a, a good time to to notice. Um, First of all, to notice that, that that kindness is occurring and then also to, um, you know, pay attention to whether there's any uh, sense of uh, gratefulness or thankfulness arising. So um, getting to, the, to cultivating gratitude... I was going to try to paraphrase Tan Jeff, but there's no way that I could say things better than he can. So I'm just going to read a little bit and then talk about it. <clears throat> he starts his lesson with a short um, quote of the Buddha from the Anguttaranakaya. It says, These two people are hard to find in the world. Which two? The one who is first to do a kindness and the one who is grateful and thankful for a kindness done. So then Tan Jeff um, expands on that. He says, In saying that kind and grateful people are rare, the Buddha isn't simply stating a harsh truth about the human race. He's advising you to treasure these people when you find them, and, more importantly, showing how you can become a rare person yourself. Kindness and gratitude are virtues you can cultivate, but they have to be cultivated together. Each needs the other to be genuine, a point that becomes obvious when you think about the three things most likely to make gratitude heartfelt. And so this list of three is not one of the Buddha's lists, but it's one of Tan Jeff's lists. The first is um, recognizing um, you've actually benefited from another person's actions. So that's, um, you know, that's an important thing to, to look out for. Did, was there some benefit from what somebody did? Um, it points to the efficacy of action, that there are things that we can do in the world and what we do in the world has an effect, both on ourselves and other people. The second point is you trust the motives behind those actions. So when somebody does something for you, you might, you know, you might reflect, well, um, you know, what's the motive behind them doing that? Is that an act of generosity? Is there maybe some um, exchange going on? They, they say, well, now, you're, now, uh, now I expect something from you in the future, you know, some cunningness. Um, so trusting the motives behind those actions really turns us towards paying attention to intention. You know what? What is the other? Per, what is the the doer's intention, and what is our intention as the receiver? 
And number three, you sense that the other person had to go out of their way to provide that benefit. So that it wasn't just some inconsequential um, kind of trivial process, but that, that the person doing the kindness was making a choice or making a series of choices on how, on how they would spend their time and their effort. So, seeing, so the three things is seeing the efficacy of action, the intention, and the choices being made. So he says, points one and two are lessons that gratitude teaches kindness. If you want to be genuinely kind, you have to be of actual benefit. Nobody wants to be the recipient of help that isn't really helpful. And you have to provide that benefit in a way that shows respect and empathy for the other person's needs. No one likes to receive a gift given with calculating motives or in an offhand or disdainful way. And then... He goes on to say, points two and three are lessons that kindness teaches to gratitude. Only if you've been kind to another person will you accept the idea that others can be kind to you. Right? I mean, if, if you've never been kind, it's like, it's, it's kind of hard to believe that, that people could actually be kind to you if, if that hasn't been your experience. Kind impulses often have to do battle with unkind impulses in the heart. So it's not always easy to be helpful. Sometimes it takes great sacrifice, a sacrifice possible only when you trust the recipient to make good use of your help. So when you're on the receiving end of a sacrifice like that, you realize that you've incurred a debt, an obligation to repay the other person's trust. So that last sentence was really something that I haven't heard said much by Dharma teachers that in a way when you when you receive a kindness that um, then in a sense there's there's perhaps some uh, obligation on your part to, to repay that kindness now that can get pretty tricky when I when I read that I thought I'm, well maybe I'll just skip that that <laughs> sentence I don't you know do I really want to go there um, but he goes on further in this to talk about um, it isn't necessarily about repaying the other person. Uh, two of the people in particular that are called out by the, by the Buddha for us to be um, expressed gratitude to are our parents. You know, he, in, the, in the suttas, there's a long story about how um, you know, even if you carried them on your shoulders for a hundred years, um, washed them and bathed, bathed them and everything else, you'd never repay the debt that you owe your parents for having raised you. So when I first read that that one, I thought, well, that, that's that must have been written by a parent, right? <laughs> I guess the Buddha was a parent, but he. He actually he talks about how one one should repay one's parents the the, the true measure and it says and, and this is from the again the Ungudan Nikaya but anyone who rouses his unbelieving mother and father 
settles and establishes them in conviction, rouses his unvirtuous mother and father, settles and establishes them in virtue, rouses his stingy mother and father, settles and establishes them in generosity, rouses his foolish mother and father, settles and establishes them in discernment. To this extent, one pays and repays one's mother and father. So it may not be just through kind acts that we repay other people or repay the kindness that we receive, but it's by um, cultivating the qualities that, that were just listed here, the, you know, the ones of um, conviction or faith, um, uh, virtue or ethics, um, generosity, and uh, wisdom or discernment. So one of the ways that we can respond to uh, the kindnesses that, that we receive and we recognize are to use those as, um, I'll say, a, a catalyst or a, a motivator to, to develop these qualities that are the qualities that the Buddha calls out as, as those of a good spiritual friend. I have to admit, for all of the um, kindnesses that I received during that period when my leg was broken, um, I don't think I consciously was trying to cultivate those four qualities. I mean, I didn't think about it at the time. Um, but I did start with a practice of consciously thanking people. You know, just um, I, at that time I went to a Starbucks every day to get my hot chocolate. And I'd always, first of all, I'd always leave some tip in the little tip jar. And I'd always thank the person that made the drink for me. I just made that a, a habit. Um, And I noticed it made a difference. I mean, I just, I felt happier. It looked like the, the people working there were happier. You know, most of the, what I, what I noticed is most people would walk up to order a, a coffee or a hot beverage or something, and they would start by saying, I need a small latte with you know, extra oat cream and blah, blah, blah. You know, and I thought, well, do you really need that? <laughs> you know? So I, w I would always say, well, this is what I would like. And it just shifted things for me. It, it, made, um, it made it really feel like there was a, a give and take going on. So that's about as much as I had to say about um, gratitude and kindness but I wanted to give all of you a, an opportunity to, um, to express whatever comes to mind in terms of uh, things that you might be grateful or thankful for, either, in the re you know, either recently or maybe sometime earlier in your life. And rather than passing a microphone around, I, I'd like to ask you to turn to somebody next to you and um, 
make a pair of two. Now, if you don't want to do this, you don't have to. You, you could just sit here and reflect uh, silently to yourself. Um, but I would encourage you to, um, you know, sort of see if you can get past whatever reluctance you might have to talk to another person and just uh, find somebody and then I'll give you instructions from there. And if you don't find anybody, you could walk towards the front of the room and we'll be able to uh, pair up. So, so I'd like, I'd like to, to um, come back as a group. And just for the next couple minutes, um, um, let's see, Martha, could you bring the microphone around? Uh, I'd like to hear from you know, some of you as to what kind of things came up around um, expressing gratitude and um, getting in touch with it. So is there anyone that, that would like to share what um, they discovered in talking about um, gratitude and kindness? For me, support of family has been really important this year. My partner and I instantly said how much we appreciate Insight Meditation Center and the Sangha. And, I mean, it's just been so helpful in both of our lives, and we appreciate it very much. Thank you. I appreciate having a body that works more or less well. (laughs) Uh, It's amazing that... We can be alive so many years, and uh, our bodies generally work pretty well. Hmm. <laughs> Thanks. Um, well, reflecting, there's many things that I felt grateful for, but um, in particular this morning on my way over, I just had a lot of reflection on um, how I take care of myself at this point in my life and that I'm like able to get up on Sunday morning and come here, and it's just a point of like caring for myself. And I went to bed early last night, and um, I guess I have spent a fair amount of my life um, not being very kind and kind of harsh on my mind and body, and I'm at a point in my life where that's shifting, and I just feel really grateful, and I feel really good about it. Great. Uh, Carl? Uh, Many things came up. One, uh, you yourself... I'm grateful for you yourself, who have given quite a bit of your time and uh, come here to uh, face us, which is you know somewhat anxiety-provoking for some. <laughs> <laughs> I'm grateful for that, and your insights as you know one of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and another thing is um, some of the basic things that we just see and experience every day. Uh, having a roof over your head, having clothing, having uh, basic uh, sustenance, having um, uh, um, uh, all the things that we experience every day as as sustaining us, uh, basic, the most basic things, and we often just overlook them. And uh, so it's time to reflect on them uh, um, and be grateful for that. But there is also, we came up with, there's kind of a dark side to that, in that we can, if we're not 
aware or careful go into the uh, into a kind of a state of envy and although we're grateful for what we have we see around us others having more or acquiring more or um, experiencing greater things uh, that are beyond our reach and so it's easy to kind of slip from gratitude into envy and which is a dark side and it, it takes some amount of awareness to, to avoid that uh, <laughs> So that's what we had. Okay. Thank you. Jeannie? Um, I liked your story about uh, the Starbucks or whatever getting your chocolate. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of a teacher that I have who um, talks about giving a good feeling to others, which um, is a form of gratitude to you know, uh, tr- try to make other people feel good um, in a positive way. Not just by flattery, but by you know really uh, trying to make them happy that they're alive as well as when I feel happy that I'm alive. Thank you. Uh, we too were very grateful for what you gave us today and for Inside Meditation Center, and we talked about how we arrived here. And uh, one of the things that came up is you know what is the catalyst for actually coming here. Uh, we're not born wanting to come to the Insight Meditation Center. <laughs> and uh, one of the things we talked about was that sometimes it's pain um, that brings us here, that is the catalyst for coming here. And in a way, one can be thankful for the pain because it's what brought us here. Whatever was in our lives that eventually brought us here turned out to be actually a really good thing. And one can be grateful for that too. It's not just being grateful for the positive things that have happened in our lives, but sometimes those things that are not so positive, it turns out, actually, were really good. Thank you for that. Well, I was actually going to say something similar. Um, I have a 20-something-year-old former colleague, and she's real feisty, and she says whenever something negative or bad happens, just look up to the universe and say thanks I wanted that (laughs) (laughs) and uh, I'm going through a certain struggle uh, in a relationship and I I do see that I'm learning through the struggle to uh, look at myself and put my attention on how am I growing and uh, how am I giving and what do I want out of this and so I am very, very grateful for the struggle. I'm very grateful for this chance to continue to grow. Great, thanks. The, the, your last two comments reminded me, <clears throat> you know, after uh, having all of this experience with a broken leg, Tan Jeff came here to talk. And so I told Tan Jeff, well, you know, some ways I feel this broken leg is a gift. And he said, it's not a gift. <laughs> no, really. <laughs> He's always got to, you know, do something. So, so in this piece that he wrote, he talks what the, that it's, it's really how you respond to these things. Where, where I think, like what Jessica said, you know, that there's kind of an, it's sort of self-kindness. Like, you know, the pain's, the pain's part of living in the human realm. You know, these things happen. But how we respond to them 
you know, how we say, okay, I'm not going to try to shut this out, or, but what's the kindest way that I can deal with the experience that I'm having right now? So I think in his, in his piece, he talks about how you could be grateful for your past actions, your past karma that led you to respond to the suffering that you're, you're experiencing now in a wholesome and healthy way. So that's one last word from Tanjeff. <laughs> so uh, we're a little over time, and I know that you're probably all waiting for the potluck. So uh, thank you all for coming today. Um, I was kind of thinking that somebody would have been thankful for their parents. <laughs> Did you hear that? Or thankful for the rain, which we've been waiting so long for. So uh, you'll have plenty more opportunities during the potluck to uh, keep going on this subject. So thank you all. <laughs>